welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, it's uh, it's a week where the world is is kind of upside down. Yep, sure uh, is. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how. Normally, I'm very funny in the beginning. I mean, I am hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> when was? Remind me when that was. Okay, yeah. all right. Maybe I'm forgetting things, but <laughs> hey, we have uh, we have yeah. a great. Uh, musical guest tonight. Yes, uh, we do. A fellow named Sean Whiting from Paintsville, hey, Sean. Kentucky. Hi. Hey, Sean. Uh, blues. How are you? Rock and roll, little, little twang of country yeah. in there. Uh, and we're looking forward to hear hearing from him a little bit later. Uh, and, and also, we're going to be talking a lot to Megan tonight because she had an encounter Ooh. that uh, in which I, I'm just going to say, it, I think she this is an old word. I think she swooned. Oh, oh, maybe swooned. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to talk about that in a second. Jerry, there's a yes. whole lot going on, and we were chatting before the show, and, and you're going to hold, keep your powder dry for a few days more on what's happening with Russia and Ukraine because it's so fluid. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm just there, afraid. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, uh, then there is uh, this big thing on our border our northern border with canadian truckers what what is your observation about all of that well in light of everything that's going on in the world this is a blip on the screen to be honest a handful of canadian truckers clog up the highways and bridges connecting canada to the u.s thereby bringing traffic to a halt for several weeks disrupting commerce further hampering business supply chains and shutting down some auto plants in the process. The truckers, perhaps initially a hundred of them, dubbing their protests the Freedom Convoy, said they were protesting the government mandates on masks and vaccines. Indeed, as they see it, an infringement on their freedom. Well, a word about their protest. Protests, which over time can be a very effective weapon against the powerful, are undertaken for the purpose of bringing attention to what the protesters deem is a righteous cause, hoping in the process to garner support for their cause, thereby bringing about change. Well, this Canadian truckers protest was an absurdity from the beginning because its purpose was flawed. You see, there was no need to bring attention to the issue of vaccine mandates because what living person isn't already profoundly aware of the issue? I mean, what else have we been talking about for the last two years? And what was the point on the substance of what they they were protesting? Some 90% of Canadian truckers were already vaccinated, as are overwhelmingly most Canadians. So what were they and what are they seeking to change? Basically, the Canadian Freedom Convoy of those handful of truckers was nonsense from the beginning. But of course, why would that stop the loony right wing and Fox acolytes from grabbing the banner, 
trying to create a cause here in America, just like Fox did 15 years ago with the Tea Party, a move calculated to raise their diminished cable ratings and give Republican politicians something to scream about, thereby diverting attention away from the congressional January 6th investigation. We're behind you, cheer Hannity and Tucker Carlson every night on Fox. America's with you in total disregard of truth or reality. Not even American truckers, not even the Teamsters are with them supporting the cause because it has nothing to do with America, freedom, or American truckers, where, by the way, there is no mask or vaccine mandate for them unless they cross international borders. And why are the repubs so outraged about vaccine mandates for crossing international borders? Weren't they more than happy to institute vaccine mandates for foreigners seeking to enter the United States from Africa or Muslims entering when COVID broke out? Cheering the protests, blocking the highways and bridges. Can you imagine what their response would be or what it has been when such a protest is carried on by Black Lives Matter? Where are their calls then for freedom and the constitutional right of protest? The hypocrisy is stunning. But apart from this disturbance, which as I said before, is a mere blip on the screen to be soon forgotten for lack of substance and support, there is a troubling observation I'd like to make about what it may mean for our future. None of these unsettling polarizing events over the past five years or so by themselves are likely to start a civil war be that police shootings, racial conflicts, fights over voting rights, abortion, guns, what have you, I emphasize by themselves. You see, throughout history, civil wars, insurrections, violent government overthrows, the rise of fascism, these apocalyptic events don't simply come about because of the event that triggered them. In each case, there are already underlying fissures underlying causes lying in wait until a seemingly isolated incident ignites the spark that upends the nation, or in some cases, even the world. And that's where we are today in America. We don't yet have a civil war, but this unbridled polarization that Trump and company have unleashed has put all of us on edge. We already know what side we're on, to what tribe we belong, no recruiting will be necessary. White supremacists, right-wingers, Fox, talk radio, conspiratorists on one side and the rest of us on the other. The only thing we don't yet specifically know is what particular incident, a Canadian truckers protest, a police shooting, another assault on the Capitol, an assassination, we just can't and don't know what particular incident will light the fuse that ignites our second civil war. The Fox response to the Canadian truckers reminded me of how vulnerable we are to the fuse being lit. Oh, this is different than the original civil war is what we hear. But in one significant way, it's exactly the same. One side wants to save the union, and what it stands for, the other wants to destroy it. Uh, good one, Jer.
Thanks. Thank you, Jerry. And, and right on, on, on the hypocrisy and yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, uh, uh, Megan and, and I uh, chatted a couple of times this week. Uh, well, first of all, the backdrop for this, and, and then Megan, I'm going to sort of ask you to do a lot of talking about uh, what you wonderful thing you experienced. But the backdrop <laughs> of this is the Cincinnati Bengals that Megan Hills, Jerry Springer, and I love. We all have wow. Cincinnati connections. Yeah. Megan and I live in the region, and, the, and we live in northern Kentucky, but the Bengals are our team as much as they are somebody from over the Rhine, Cincinnati. The same is true of uh, Indiana, the sort of Southeast side. And Jerry was mayor of Cincinnati for God's sake. And chief anchor man of the, you know, top. WLWT. TV station. So we all have these connections. (laughs) All have these connections with the Bengals. And they, uh, Lost by three points, as we all know, and we're very sad. They got totally screwed by the referees. We all know that. Uh, So they came within four points of winning. And no, I did not see any face mask grab where a guy's neck was almost broken. I didn't see anything like that. (laughs) Uh, None of that. Yeah. Got totally screwed by the refs. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) Megan, uh, well, first of all, Tell us, you got to tell us as part of this story, where you work, first of all. So I mean, I work outside at, of this podcast, yes. Yeah, so this is not my only job. Um, yes. I've hopped around <laughs> since I've been on this podcast. I've had different iterations of my life. But now I'm an events planner. Yep. And I work at a place called Third and Main in Aurora, Indiana. So it's a historic building, historic area. Um, and we are a steakhouse. Uh but we're a very quiet, high-end steakhouse. We serve like the A5 Wagyu and Kobe and uh, like stuff that you just can't find everywhere. So what are the sides? Oh my God. We have mashed potatoes, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lovely, I have a lovely mango chili green bean that I think you would like. (laughs) Okay, this is great. Go ahead. I'm on your You <laughs> nerd. Oh my God. Anyway, so this place has been, um, our owners are classically trained. They've worked with some of the top restaurateurs in the nation, including uh, Jeff Ruby, who is here in Cincinnati. Um, both of them worked with him. So kind of took that idea of like high-end, sexy steakhouse, but made it quiet where there's not a captain's table you don't come in and have your picture taken with the owner you get swiped upstairs and you sit down and you have a quiet dinner now before you go on let me slide in here uh you're going to talk about a person that came in and you and i have talked and we agree the last thing we want to do is is ruin his night i don't think right right so we're right. going to be kind of cool and respectful of this guy's privacy, but we're still going to talk about it. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, talk about it so <laughs> I may have gotten a call on Saturday morning, yeah. making a reservation for one frequent, you know, guy in the area named uh, Joe Burrow. Holy crap, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, hold on. Anybody I mean, like, who's a, a listener who don't know. 
quarterback. Yeah, there you go. Joe Burrow. (laughs) A a Heisman Trophy winner, first round draft pick. And we would all agree, wouldn't we, Megan and Jerry? He is the key. No question about it to the turnaround of this football team that went from last place where he was able to be chosen in the first round. First round. Yep. Several years ago to now they were one of the last two standing. Pick it up, Megan. Well, and, you know, you think about the rehab that that guy went through on his knee from last year. So anyway, anyway, this is the Saturday after the Super Bowl. Yeah. This guy. And his little girlfriend came in. Jerry, I got to tell you, he dropped her off at the front door, drove two blocks, parked, and came in. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, Jerry, when have you dropped Mickey off at the door and walked two blocks? The limo driver drops her off. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Why do you mean? He comes around and lets us both out. What, 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 what do I? Yeah, go ahead. so we're talking about class points here we got joe burrow one jerry springer Mm, goose egg (laughs) (laughs) but no it was just it was so cool we were so proud as a restaurant you know to know that like these guys could go anywhere in the freaking world you know so we were so pumped to have him come in and like to just have him be adorable and sweet and gracious and his girlfriend is super cute um, it was, and I, I was asked to stay far, far away from him. Um, <laughs> they told me, Oh, he's heard my, about you. <laughs> well, one of the owners had a squirt bottle and said, you get close to him, we're going to have to go ahead and just, you know, hose you down. So I, um, I did get to interact with him slightly, but you know, within a hundred yard radius as the judge required, um, <laughs> because, <laughs> I, I had met CJ Uzama. He came in a couple of weeks prior mm-hmm. and they had to shovel me off the floor. I was just a sweating pile of, of, <laughs> of nerves and love like these boys. They do so well for it. They've done so much for the city, man. Yes, it, and, to, mm-hmm. and to see him come in and just be 25 and 27 year old dudes with their girlfriends. When you, when you first met me, was there any sweat <laughs> on your palms? <laughs> well, I thought Did I was being pumped. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. To be fair, Jerry, when I met you, I walked into an Applebee's with Gene. That's yeah. how I met you. Oh, so. yeah. class. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, we we had a booth in the corners. I yes, we know we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hey, mean, Megan, not me, not that you're a big no, this deal. This is a great Jerry, story. But... No, this is a great story. Go ahead with it. Go ahead. No, but that was it. I mean, really and truly, like these guys. It's just been so much fun to see them come in and like see how young and yeah. sweet and good they are. Like they're just sweet little dudes and it's been so cool to see it and we're just like i said as a restaurant we're just so proud that they would pick yeah. aurora indiana yeah, yeah. well that is a, a credit <laughs> the place is called third and main and yeah. it is getting very well known because obviously deservedly so and the next time Jerry and his wife are in town i've already sort of made a decision because yeah uh, we're going there 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll yeah? say to me, hey, what's what's a happening place? And I'm going to say, let's go run out. <laughs> I'm going to say, I think we're booked that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully oh, you'll really be really sorry, yeah. but yeah. I don't know if we have a table. For uh, I'll have the uh, I'll have the borough booth, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, let me ask yeah. you this, Megan. Did uh, when he came in, because uh, you obviously you know, you respected his privacy and we're doing the same. We're, we're just oh, making sure. some very general comments, but was he recognized when he walked in the door or not? Um, oh, for, I mean, he's hard not to recognize. First of all, he's just like any NFL player. Those dudes are yeah. huge. Like you, yeah. you, you notice them. Um, but he was very understated. He just, you know, we brought him up through the back and put him in yeah. his private room and brought him down through the back. So a couple tables recognized him. Yeah. Um, we had all talked about it prior. Like the staff all knew like, Hey man, like act like you've been here before. Right. Like right. these guys are coming in here for, this is his first time out in eight months. Wow. It's the first time he's That's had amazing. food outside of point. his like regimen yeah. for mm-hmm. eight months. Like let him eat. Yeah. <laughs> And people weren't going up and going into this little private room trying to get autographs. No. Okay. No, no. It was cool. It was really cool. (laughs) Let me mention a couple things that I've read about uh, Joe Burrow. And and I'm going to say something that, of course, I have no idea what I'm talking about. But he seems (laughs) like. Well, that's unusual, Gene. You (laughs) usually. Bulletin, bulletin. Bulletin. (laughs) He seems like politically or in terms of social causes to be like us and 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 i hear and i'm going to back it up with two things that frankly i've read in uh public media news reports two quick anecdotes one well number one jerry he's from athens ohio he he was born in iowa i just know this about burrow he was born in iowa his dad he almost what stats do you want gene i know all the borough stats. If you need them, yeah, yeah. I have. <laughs> I can well, rattle them off. <laughs> his father, his father was like a not a military guy. He was like a military guy where you travel. The family goes all over the country. His dad, his version of that was he was uh, he is an assistant football coach. So they came from North Dakota State, and then he got a job with the Ohio uh, University Bobcats in Athens, Ohio. Now, Jerry, you and I know Athens very oh, well. Yeah. From Can't pick the lot there. Yeah, absolutely. And what it is a place. Oh, it's a gorgeous. It's phenomenally beautiful place. And it's also Athens County outside of the university. University is just this cool ass university yeah. town. Outside of that, it's very poor. So mm-hmm. check this out about Joe, Joe Burrow. When he was in high school, his team, and he was point guard on the basketball team, he was like a three-sport player, baseball, basketball, football. He was a star quarterback. He got a scholarship at Ohio State as a quarterback. That's a big deal. Only left there to go to LSU because he was behind, got injured one of those years and had to kind of wait his turn. But he was behind major quarterbacks. And so he wasn't getting a turn. So he went to LSU and rest is history he became Heisman Trophy winner and first round draft pick while in high school as a team leader and a, a student leader he would have breakfast with his team at uh Bob Evans and Joe Burrow noticed regularly and the story goes his family taught him this stuff so Jerry this is where I think of of us and, and, and you know, how we formulated our yeah. politics. 
about homelessness and hunger is like real and it's bad and you're lucky you don't suffer from it because we're his mom was in elementary school may still be principal father assistant football coach so they're doing fine good middle class people yeah joe burrow would get his teammates and lead them out to make contact with these homeless people and on one occasion went back in and bought a breakfast and took it out and gave it to a homeless man yeah now here's the second one and this is a big deal when george floyd got murdered in this country burst apart at the seams just recently joe burrow in a team gathering stood up and told this anecdote he said when i was in high school and we played some these are my words not his rural stupid ass people from some town they yelled racial slurs at his teammates yelling at him stuff and the using the n-word and whatever and after the game joe burrow got on the bus didn't know how to kind of deal with that got on the bus went to the back of the bus with this kid and consoled him and made a commitment from that moment that when he grew up and got that's his high school and got some status he would make this a cause that he would fight And when the team gathered, like all sports teams did when George Floyd got killed, and now on the back of their helmets, they put various things, justice, Black Lives Matter, their, uh, you know, uh, insignias on uniforms. Joe Burrow, in that moment, addressed his Bengal players. And the interview with one of the African-American players was, that guy had us from that moment on. Yeah. When you see a guy who's not one of us, he's a white guy Yeah, that's standing up and it gets it and is willing to fight for it. We're bonded. Yeah. We're with yeah. him. That's yeah. who Joe Burrow is. So we can yeah. watch him go out there and get knocked on his ass nine times in a Super Bowl <laughs> game and keep getting for, back for up. Crying out oh, loud, yeah. fix that O-line. Holy yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good man. In yeah. my opinion, from what I've yeah. learned about him just through yeah. media. Well, wow. from like I said, from our experience, he was just absolutely, uh, he was just a doll. We were so proud to have him there. And like I said, like, what a great, what a great guy to represent Cincinnati. Young kid absolutely. from yeah. Ohio, like, and bringing this team. And Jerry, you know it more than anybody, how much this city needed a little jolt there. And it oh, really... Yeah. It was really something that the the energy still is is still electric around. Like you bring up the Bengals and people are still hugging each other here. You know, yeah. like it's yeah. awesome for it's most of else. America. Yeah, for most of America, what they know about Cincinnati over the past forty years has been either WKRP in Cincinnati that you know mm-hmm. that yep. you and. The no, the big red yeah. machine. <laughs> the big the big red machine. The yeah. Bengals in 82 and 89 going to the Super Bowl. And now this year, I mean, it, it, your sports teams are the one business that carries the city's name. Yeah. In other words, you could have a very successful, huge business, but it's not necessarily identified with the city. 
Right. But, P&G, for example. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> exactly. And when yep. people say Procter & Gamble, unless you're from Cincinnati, you don't think of Cincinnati as the first thing. But when right. you think of Cincinnati, you think immediately of their sports teams. And that's true of many smallest communities. I mean, Green Bay, to be honest, who thinks about oh, yeah. Green Bay unless you're talking about the Packers, the Packers if you're not yep. from there? And it's the so, same thing with Cincinnati. So it was a great boost for the city. Great. Boost. I have I have a question for you, Jerry. So yeah. like you have literally you've met the Pope. You've met Linda Ronstadt. We've heard about a few times. Yeah. You've met, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's his you've met some people that have like she knocked was... you on your butt. Yeah. But yeah. as an adult, as Jerry Springer, that we know him now that has had this career and been in front of how many hundreds and probably thousands of celebrities who has just made your heart like flutter? Like, who did you get nervous in front of? I guess Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say Dylan. Yeah. He was just, I mean, look, there are tons of very successful, very talented, et cetera. But Dylan was a poet for a generation, you know? Yeah. And there were, you know, virtually everyone in the world has a better voice than Bob Dylan, you know? Mm. <laughs> and, and there are a million musicians that are probably more accomplished than Dylan. Uh, but what what was special about him was, uh, yeah, he just was our generation's poet. And so meeting him, yeah, he blew me away because it, it, I had given him a key to the city and we were backstage at back then it was called the Coliseum in Cincinnati and yeah. he was going to go out and do a concert. And for 15, 20 minutes, we're just alone in the room. And oh my God, what was amazing <laughs> about him is he just wanted to hear what it was like being a mayor because we're the same age. So this, you know, <laughs> when I met him, it was 1978. So we were both young guys. And he just was like a regular guy my age going, man, that's really cool. What, what You're you a mayor. Yeah. <laughs> he was just talking about that. And he had just returned from Nuremberg, where he had done a concert, which was very controversial at the time. Um, so, uh, yeah, but that was that was the one guy who, you know, because if that's you're cool. in politics, frankly, you meet every politician, you meet every president, you meet, you know, so that, I mean, it's exciting and, you know, et cetera, and, and you're respectful and everything, but Bob Dylan, that the, uh, oh, and Mickey Mantle. Of course, there yeah. it is. <laughs> right, Mickey Mantle, yeah. And oh, you left is- out, and I, I know because you've talked about this, but having a um, meeting with Bobby Kennedy, a dinner, oh, well, yeah. think, right? Yeah, That's but that was significant guy. Yeah, too. but I, it, back then, and you'll remember this, Gene, it wasn't that, um, oh, my gosh, Bobby Kennedy is so famous. Yeah. I, we were we were activists. We wanted to right. stop the war. Yeah. And we were trying, we being millions of young people or millions, a lot of young people, we were trying to get Bobby to throw his hat in the ring and run in 1968, because back then he was deliberating and didn't want to do it. Uh, so I just, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm meeting a Kennedy. It's like, yeah. damn it, 
someone like you is to run because you could beat Lyndon Johnson and et cetera. So, mm. uh, so that was a different thing. It wasn't with him like, oh, he's yeah. a celebrity. It was more the we energy. need him in this cause. Yeah. Well, that is cool. Thank you. And I, like I said, like, I'm still, I'm still a little blushing from seeing Joey <laughs> Burrow. Oh, like, I am so tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I swooned oh. when I met you too, Jerry. Yeah. I want to see a little sweat. Okay. <laughs> Just to give Jerry some class points, a cousin of mine worked with Jeff Ruby's steak restaurant and Jerry yeah. came in and left a hundred dollar bill under the napkin just for the bus boys. Whoa. So he had Did already tipped really? the waiters. I thought I thought it was a 20 as I was walking out. <laughs> I was hungry. And they all I said, oh my God, I gave him hundred. No. I thought that was yeah. really class. Really classy. 20. Really classy, yeah. Jerry. Yeah, because I knew like Jeff, they- I knew Jeff wasn't paying them. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's unfair. <laughs> no, Jeff's a great guy. Oh, he is. <laughs> anyway, that was fun. And like, yeah, like I said, I'll be swooning a little bit more, but we'll come back to real life here. But in the yeah. meantime, we have another poet here. His yes. name is Sean Whiting. Hi, Sean. Hi. How are Welcome you? to the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> you're sure you still want to stay after hearing us yeah. i know right <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've changed my mind i'm gonna to have to get out of here Thank yeah you. <laughs> you wouldn't sean you wouldn't be the first and i apologize yeah. for my own behavior uh, um, <laughs> uh, folks we're live <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> anyway sean you are joining us from kentucky welcome um, you have not been with us before, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your sound and and what it is that you do. Um, well, I am a, I call myself a blues rock and roll singer um, with a little country in there. Um, I've been a full-time musician for about six years now. I've been playing for oh, wow. the last, I've been playing music for the last, oh, off and on in various bands for like the last 25 years. Um, but I've been a music lover as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I've always, uh, sang, started out singing, playing drums, things like that, and graduated on to other instruments. And, um, uh, I live here in Eastern Kentucky. Um, I who'd you grow up the, listening uh, to? Well, uh, my mother was a huge, uh, Allman Brothers fan, um, Van Morrison fan, Jackson Brown. Um, so I got a lot of the greats early on. Uh, huge Beatles fan, Stones, people like that. And then um, as a teenager, I was just a, just like a music sponge. And I just listened to everything, you know, yeah. from rap, from, from rap to metal and everything in between. Um, and now my, my music is that I write is, it's predominantly, um, it's got a blues feel to it with a little kind of harder edge rock and uh, with some ballads here and there. I just, it's kind of what touches me, kind of what's where my soul is as far as music. I, I just love the feeling and the uh, of blues, you know. Yeah. That, uh, uh, it's just something that uh, you know it's hard to explain, really. But yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I live along what's called the Country Music Highway. Um, it's a uh, Route 23. Um, it goes Ooh. north and south here, and it goes all the way through uh, Ohio into Michigan, and um, this highway goes through several counties here and in each county 
um, there is someone that has went on to be very successful uh, in the country music business. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a great story. I live, so I live right <laughs> along. I'm a rock and roll singer living on the country music highway. But uh, <laughs> there's like from here in Johnson County, where I'm from, um, this is I went to high school with Chris Stapleton. Um, oh, wow. And Loretta Lynn is from uh, from here in Johnson County. Um, the next county over, uh, you've got Dwight Yelkham is from Floyd County. Um, you've got oh, uh, people like um, the Judds that are from uh, oh, yeah. Floyd County. You know, yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus, um, Ricky Skaggs. It's just, it goes on and on. It's man. just it's a oh, big man. little phenomenon. This is a great story. <laughs> yeah, I never heard that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, that's, I live on the country music highway. Um, and, uh, I've just tried to stay, this is where my home is. Um, so I just base myself from here and, uh, I found a good group of musicians that, uh, that play with me here within the hour or so of me and been playing regionally for the last few years. That's so cool. So the first song that you're going to play for us tonight is called perfect world. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, that's a song I released, um, last year. I put out an EP last year, um, that was recorded live, uh, at a little, a little studio called Fat Cave Studios, and um, Fat Cave. We uh, we put that out. Um, that song was actually um, I got the idea from from life from an argument um, that I had with my wife, and uh, it was a pretty good one. And I guess it got me a little. <laughs> could, you, could, could you could you call my show? Jerry, shut up. You you and your wife, just just one call. I've got a producer you should talk to. Yeah, we'd love to have Uh, you both on. Okay, let's work that out. Yeah. You don't do that anymore, Springer, remember? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) The 20 year old me just can't believe I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But. No, I, I I got that song or the idea from a from an argument and um, just kind of the idea was like in a perfect world things would be you know would be just fine and right. so I just kind of went from there and uh, the song I got a good song out of it and uh, fortunately the my wife still kept me around and uh, you know <laughs> that's good, good for you. well then never mind Jerry doesn't need you on a show anymore anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you got back together? How boring. I know. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Sean Whiting with Perfect World.
That was Sean Whiting with Perfect World. I can't wait to hear more of your stuff. Um, where can we find that? Uh, it is available on all the streaming platforms, um, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff, YouTube. Um, Perfect. Give us your address. as well. My website yep. is uh, seanwhiting.com. That's S-E-A-N-W-H-I-T-I-N-G. Um, Perfect. And uh, I'm pretty much on all I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. Oh, you so, do the uh, you do the TikToks, do you? <laughs> oh yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> trying trying to get in on that TikTok thing. Oh my gosh, I can't do it. It's too much for me. But anyway, <laughs> it's a, it's addictive. Uh, oh, just to be, it's a lot. <laughs> it is. It really is. Jerry's huge on TikTok. Oh my God. Just we'll talk about that another time. I don't, I can't believe he even knows what it is. It's scary. Anyway. I I know I'm on it, but I don't know what it is. My grandson keeps trying to explain. I saw you on TikTok. How did I get there? 
right. Well, again, let's check out Sean Whiting and more of his music. And while you're doing that, make sure that you stop by our Facebook page and jerryspringer.com to check out what's going on on our website and our podcast. You can check out previous episodes, check out all of our musicians and see what's going to be happening next. This is going to be Jerry taking us out down by the riverside. Well, I'm going to lay down my heavy load down by the riverside. Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by.